Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. May the Holy Spirit open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel today, we hear of this encounter that Jesus has in the synagogue. And basically, we hear what the mission of Jesus is. That in this proclamation from the scroll of Isaiah, Jesus really gives his mission statement. And so that we can understand where this fits sort of in the timeline of what has happened to Jesus at this point is we heard two weeks ago of Jesus' baptism at which the Holy Spirit was poured down upon him and it was proclaimed, this is my son. And the Spirit came upon him for the mission that he came to do. And what we did not hear that happens before this is immediately after his baptism, he's driven out into the wilderness. He's tempted by Satan. He overcomes those temptations. And now he comes to Nazareth. He returns. So that's what's happened to him so far. And they entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and it would have been the custom that at some point during the service, a reading, I believe towards the end of the service, that a reading would have been done from the prophets uh, by one of the men in the parish who would have been offered an opportunity to comment on that passage. So they hand him the scroll from Isaiah, and presumably he could have read from anywhere he wanted. And he picks this particular statement. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he sits down to give the commentary and as everyone is looking at him, he could have said anything. And he says, today as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. That what he's trying to get them and us to understand is we've heard about his baptism, where he was anointed, the Holy Spirit was poured upon him, and the reason he was anointed was for this mission here. And Jesus says, as you hear this, as you understand this, as it's revealed to you, it is fulfilled. He is saying, I am the one. I am here right now. And as we hear this mission statement of Jesus, it's easy, I think, for us to immediately think, well, he's come to preach good news to those poor over there. And he's come to release the captives that are over there and the blind that are over there, and the oppressed that are over there. But what we're supposed to understand in hearing this, as Jesus says, well, today you've heard this. It's fulfilled in your hearing. 
That means that I'm supposed to understand that the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has come to preach good news to the poor, which is me. To proclaim release to the captives, which is me. Recovery of sight to the blind, which is me. The oppressed, which is me. And you're supposed to hear it the same way. That you are the one who is poor and hear the good news. You are the one captive who has been set free. You are the one who is blind who now see. You are the oppressed who has been set free. You are the one receiving the year of the Lord's favor. That we're not supposed to hear this as if Jesus came and did it for someone else who's poor and blind and oppressed. But each of us is in that state and it's only in receiving what Jesus has done that our lives are changed. That He has done that for us, for you, and for me. Not for someone else in a distant place. But as we hear the Scriptures, we're meant to see ourselves in the narrative and understand that Jesus came for us. And this is the reality of our lives now that Jesus has come. We must see individually the love that God has for us that Jesus would come. You know, because it's a whole different faith when we come to understand what Jesus did for you and for me than we think, well, Jesus saved some sinners over there. It's different when we look in the mirror and say, I am the reason Jesus came. Because he loves us that much to set us free, to release us. That's his very mission. That's what it's all about. And then as a church, having known this, then our mission must be about the same business. That when people hear about Jesus, when people walk through the doors here, they should hear that God loves them. They should hear the good news of the gospel, which says uh, the good news comes to you who are poor. The captives are released. The blind see. The oppressed are free. That's what people should hear when they hear the name of Jesus. And if they're not hearing that, that means we're not preaching the gospel. We're preaching some other thing, some law or rules, or things that they have to do, or an angry God who's mad at them, and they better get right before the angry God wipes them out, because God's going to get you in the end. That's not the gospel. The gospel is God loves us. God has set us free. And then as a church, we're knit together in that love which is what that section from Corinthians is talking about. As the body of Christ goes about its mission, we're to understand that every single person in the body has gifts. Those gifts are different. And everyone's gifts are activated and made whole within the body. And we need all of those different gifts to make us whole and complete. And then, empowered by the Spirit, we as one body unite to proclaim the gospel. That we might be people who proclaim the good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, 
because Jesus has done it for us. And so we go and we testify to what has been done, what we know to be true. And we do that together and we need each other to make that proclamation happen. We don't need to be fighting with one another about whose gift is better or you got to have this gift to be the real Christian and uh, we don't really need that so much. That's Paul's whole point is we need everybody with their different gifts and we all don't have the same gift because that wouldn't be helpful either. But we need to exercise the gift that we're given because of what Jesus has done for us. And then we go out and we proclaim that message. And I hope that as we gather week after week that we're joyful in returning each week because of what God has done. That we almost have to say to ourselves, well, what could keep us away from returning to the Lord knowing the good news that was preached to us when we were poor? That we know the release that was given to us when we were held captive to sin and death. We know the sight that we have recovered when we were blind and could not see. The freedom we have now when we once were oppressed by sin and death and are now freed forever in Jesus. Because today, as we gather here, this scripture is fulfilled in our hearing. Because God has done this for you and for me. We give thanks to God that this has been done today. And may the Holy Spirit continue to draw us into a deeper love of God, a deeper knowledge of what's been done for us. For Jesus is proclaiming to us the year of the Lord's favor. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for your words of life, love, and freedom that are fulfilled today in us in our hearing of the Scripture. May we come to know more deeply what this new life means for each of us. And may we be knit together in the love of Christ that knowing the love you have for us, we may go forth and proclaim the life that's available to all who come to you. We thank you, Lord, that we've been set free, that we have new life, and that this is the year of your favor. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.